Welcome to The Midnight Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Easton Bennett, alongside my fellow co-host, Tyler Sinden. We are both entrepreneurs who are learning, growing, and building our own businesses. Our goal is to share our experience and knowledge to help you grow and become a successful entrepreneur. Before we get started, if you have any questions or things you'd like us to cover, you can email us at midnightentrepreneur at gmail.com. And if you'd like to join our business discord, that's irrelevant in our world. Uh, we talk about wins, business problems, and general questions in there. Uh, shoot us a message and we will get you in there. The running joke of the show. Tyler, what's going on? Was that about Discord or was that about the mentorship or not not the mentorship mastermind? Uh, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, this it's we got the Discord that we always talk about at the top okay. of the show. Um, but maybe we should start inviting people to the mastermind because that's one thing I got right off the hop when we do our updates. Our mastermind's growing, Tyler. We got two people in there, a total of four. Uh, we got them up on the invites. We got their documents set up in the shared folder. Uh, I was texting one of them today. They're going through the brief and they're pretty excited about joining the mastermind. Uh, I put some on Instagram and just posted a picture of our mastermind that we had uh, a couple days ago and got a lot of people reach out and they're like, what is a mastermind? What do you do? Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of them owned a business. And I said, if you want to join, you let me know. And they were all on board. So pretty exciting stuff for us. When you say all my laptop looks crooked. It looks like it's about to fall. But when you say all are the two people that joined, are they in business together or is it two separate people? Two separate people. One person actually lives in Minot. Uh, she owns Esther's Acres, which is a uh, farm to table. Um, what would you call it? It's a like she grows food and has dairy products and all of these different things and then sells that through a CSA which is uh, basically like a HelloFresh, but for a local person. So you can buy a subscription, it costs you whatever a month, and then she'll deliver you vegetables, she'll deliver you meat, she'll deliver you eggs, dairy products. Uh, so it's kind of like a local, um, local HelloFresh. And then the other gentleman runs a video production company in Wisconsin. No, Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Cool. So yeah. Yeah, I was just asking because I wasn't paying attention at the same time when you were doing the intro. And then I was thinking if it was about the mastermind, it's like, when are we going to stop promoting the mastermind because we get too full? Because obviously we don't want too many people in there. We want to have it capped at a certain number. But yeah, it was about the Discord. So I was just checking on that. Yeah. I wonder what our total number would be. I mean, we're at four. I think 10 is pushing it. Um, I think I was thinking like four, four to six. Yeah. I was thinking six is probably maybe a sweet spot. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, that's not something that, you know, if we wanted to facilitate, we could facilitate some, uh, masterminds that we're not always a part of, but maybe we start this thing where there's a mastermind every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and you join whatever one you can make. Um, so definitely something we could think about down the road. Maybe we're just mastermind hosts <laughs> and, uh, yeah, who knows? But yeah. It's pretty this exciting. Was that, this was something that I had. Are you recording on a love again? Yeah, I am. Also, I'm not recording on my oh. camera, so that's exciting. Um, <laughs> good call. Now we're recording yeah. on the camera. I was I was thinking, this is actually one thought that I had when we first started the Mastermind was having like an actual in-person Mastermind once a year where we host it somewhere and host an event. Because when I was looking up Masterminds when we were first starting out, I was just seeing a whole bunch of other people that they do masterminds and then they host in-person ones. They have one per year and then it's like a limited number of spaces. So it's like you get quality people there and then there's like supply and demand for it. So 
yeah, maybe one day it'll be an in-person where we have a cap at maybe 50 or 100 people and we get some shit done there. Yeah, I mean, I once you said 50 to 100, that seems like a lot. Uh, with the VAE, which I have that on my list too, they do two masterminds a year, one in Bali and one in Dubai, and I think they cap that at about 15 people. Um, and it's kind of cool because they set up, you know, they have chefs there, um, they do these cool experiences, but they're also working on their business where I think we could do something uh, a little bit more condensed. I think that's more mastermind friendly, like more, uh, you know, the people that are in the mastermind, it's more friendly for them because the one that they wanted me to join was $7,500 plus the flights to get over to Dubai. And it's like, okay, that's, you know, if you're spending 10 grand, that's not as doable, but you know, if we did a trip where you know we fly to Arizona or whatever that might be, and it might cost someone five hundred to a thousand dollars, I think that would be a little bit more digestible. Mm-hmm. When I, so I think yours, the one that you're talking about, is more niche, where I think it's only videographers. Am I correct? Yep, it's only people that are in the course. Yeah, so that's a little bit different because the one that we would be putting on, or the vision that I had, it would be any and all industries. It's just entrepreneurs trying to grow their businesses. And then you're able to bounce, bounce ideas off other people where it's like people that are making like six, seven, eight, nine figures a year. So yeah, you're, I feel like you're more looking at it as like a conference, right? Mm, nah, it's, it's like, a, it, it's a mastermind. Yeah. But a mastermind with 50 people. Yeah. I was watching, I sent you the videos. <laughs> Clearly you didn't watch them, but I, I can send them after, but it's, it's just really immersive. Like you, you get people on stage. It's like, you get five minutes, you get five minutes, you get five minutes. And it's just, it, it's not one day. It's, it was a couple days, like maybe a weekend or something like that. And then it's really immersive. You break out into small groups, you do this, you do that. And it's just like really strict, really regimented. And one cool thing that I thought was they had, they had like, I don't know if they had a sponsor, but they had a whole bunch of energy drinks because that's what entrepreneurs like to do. They like to drink caffeine. So it was like, we'll get, we'll get sponsored by first form or something. Get them, give us a whole bunch of protein bars and uh, first form energy drinks. Yeah. We'll have to see. I mean, when I think about mastermind, <laughs> I think about, you know, knowing everybody in the group and all being, you know, we can discuss amongst each other in one room, right? Once you start bringing stages into it and, you know, you're sitting in a crowd, that to me feels like it's turning into more of a conference. They might slap the label on it as a mastermind, but I like the idea of, you know, the people that you're doing this weekly with and that you've been talking to weekly does this trip together. And maybe you bring in like a guest speaker, like you said, that's doing five, six, seven, eight million dollars a year and you can come in. No, I'm saying the people that were involved are all in that industry where it's like the people that are all there. So this is, so it was Russell Brunson. You know him, right? Yeah. Do you got him on on speed? Yeah, you got him on speed. He's number number three. Yeah. (laughs) No. So he's the one that would put it on. And the cool thing about it, when I was watching the video, is he had like a hype video about it. Alex Hermosi was there and Layla. So it was really cool seeing them there when they're like building, when it was like before Alex and Layla. It was like them coming up. And it, you got a whole bunch of other people that are around that same level or maybe a little bit lower, or a little bit higher. And it's like, you got Neil Patel there. You got Eric Sue there. You got all these other entrepreneurs that have, that have these businesses that are and their businesses are doing six, seven, eight, nine figures per year. And then you're able to bounce ideas off different people. 
Yeah, but I don't think the Get people, different perspectives. us and the people that are in our mastermind would not be able to make it in a room with the, those people. You're, you're thinking too small, my man. We'll be there. I think I'm thinking realistically. How are you, if there's a mastermind with those people, how is Tyler Sinden going to get into that mastermind? We host it. Yeah, we host it, but then we're not making three, four, five, six, seven figures a year. I think we're making three. We're At least three. three. Yeah. <laughs> we're not making millions of dollars a year. So that's what I'm saying. Just because Yet. we host a mastermind. Yeah. Yet. Once we do that, but um, I, I see. too small. No, I'm Come not. On, man. I'm just thinking, thinking I don't small. I don't know if I want to turn it into a giant business conference like the one you went to in St. Louis or whatever it was because that That's seems like what more of what it is. I'll send you I'll send you it after we're going on a tangent here. We don't need to talk about this, but I'll send you it after and you'll be like, okay, this is pretty dope. Yeah, but we have to first get to the million dollar mark. Easy. Yeah. Um, all right. What else you got for us, Tyler? Yeah, I don't have much. <laughs> uh, my one client is just asking for a lot of stuff right now, and it just sucks. And it's like, damn, I think I really undercharged myself. But you know what? We're here, and we're just going to keep grinding through it. And I think after a few months, um, hopefully there won't be as many edits and stuff that he's asking for. But, yeah, as of right now, he's been asking for quite a bit of stuff, which sucks. Yeah, well, it sounds like it's uh, just preliminary stuff that needs to be done in the beginning. Um, I don't know how much you're actually going to have to do. I can't imagine he's going to have that many edits moving forward every single month. Um, if that is the case, then maybe he did undercharge. But those are things uh, you learn as you as you go through the process. Mm-hmm. This structuring out the contract a little bit better, where it's like you can't ask me for three thousand fucking things, and it's like I'm all <laughs> and you only you're capped at a certain number of hours, something like that. Yeah. Cause like he just kept up, kept bringing up more and more stuff. He's like, Oh yeah. Can you do this? And it was like, I had like a plan of what, what I was going to do this month. And like, I went through with it and then he's like, can you also do this? Can you also do that? Can you do this? Can you do this? And then we ran into another issue and it's like, it's like issue after issue. And it's like, bro, I think it's limiting it to a number of revision rounds. You know, you get three revision rounds where give me your list of all your full changes. And then after that, the list can't be on any revisions from the first revision. And then your third one is your revisions that are just your final tweaking revisions. Because, yeah, you got to cap it at some point. Otherwise, you give them an inch and they take a mile. Yeah, that's maybe we could do a podcast on that. But (laughs) we struggled coming up with a topic today. But, yeah, what do you got going on? Um, I'm going to write down that topic, actually. Give them an inch, take a mile. Um, I always like that saying. But a little update on my end. So I I think last week I was talking about uh, meeting with the business transition. I've had a meeting yesterday. I had a meeting today regarding the transition and how that looks, if it's a complete buyout of the business, if it's just an earnout, if it's just a one-year transition. And we agreed on a semi-hybrid where it's not, hey, you're writing me a check for this amount and the business is yours. Um, we're going to be working together in a tandem team capacity. Uh, he's almost going to be like a sales rep selling these projects. And then we are splitting up all of the work, uh, on flat percentage fees, uh, based on the gross margins and the net income of the business. Uh, I think it's just the easiest way to do it right now. It's the easiest transition to make. Um, he can become way more hands off. I can get a lot more of the revenue, uh, for the actual business. And, uh, I also get his sales aspect of things where he can start selling some projects for me. So that's what we're doing for 2024. We have to figure out what those percentages look like. Uh, I also put a business, uh, 
or a episode topic uh, on negotiating business deals. Maybe we can go through the first one that I was negotiating, go through what that experience looked like. But yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. 2024, it's going to be a lot more work, which brings me to my next topic is that I'm talking to someone to become a full-time editor next week and see what that would look like for them. Um, Because, you know, this transition does add almost double to triple of what the workload I already had. So going to need some help on the editing aspect. I feel like with this transition slash bio slash new employee sales guy, you went through quite a bit of different changes in this process. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We really had to figure out what the best idea was. And I think we should save a lot of it for that episode where we can talk about, you know, um, the assets and how it's hard to put a valuation on things and the process I went through. So maybe we'll put a little teaser that that episode's coming. Maybe we can do that next week or the week after. Okay, because I had follow-up questions, but I guess we'll cover it in a future episode Ooh, that you'll have to tune in for. Stay ready. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, Tyler, you got any you updates? Anything else? No, I don't have anything else. As uh, per the second week of doing this, we're saving our news story for the end. Um, so stay tuned if you're curious about that. But let's get right into the topic, and that is seeking business advice. This is something that I had to do um, when I was going through this transition. I have never bought a business before. I don't know what the process of it is like or you know, the steps you need to take. So that's where this topic came about is that I had to seek business advice from someone that is experienced. And the first thing we wanted to talk about is the difference between a mentor and the difference between someone that is helping you with one specific problem. They do overlap a little bit, but the way I see it is a mentor is there for you all the time. You know, someone you can reach out to for any business problem that comes up. They can give you some general guidance, uh, tell you what the best route is. Whereas this situation is, I needed someone that can help me with this specific problem of purchasing a business and really get into the nitty gritty of it. Tyler, would you agree that that's kind of what we're looking at? Yeah, I agree. All right, so we had a small break in our uh, services here. Um, so this short is commercial a, break. Yeah, short commercial break. I had to take care of something. Um, but yes, like I was saying, Tyler, you know, some of these examples of specific niche problems that we're tackling. In my case, it was a business purchase. Uh, maybe you need to speak with someone about negotiations. Someone that's done a lot of negotiations, you can get specific tips on that. Uh, maybe it's on partnership agreements. Someone that has a partner and you want to see what the easiest way to figure out how to do that is. Maybe it's someone that works in a family business and you are thinking about working uh, with a family member in a family business. So finding someone for these specific situations I think is super beneficial. So I know you have a little bit of a, what do you want to call it, an advantage because you were lucky enough to know the person to help you out in this situation, but what specific advice were you looking for? Yeah, so I think the advice I was looking for in this business transition is what the best route was to take. And honestly, I didn't know that that's what I was looking for until I met with um the person that helped me, which is my uncle. Um, So it did help uh, him being family. I could reach out to my uncle and say, hey, here's my situation. But once I started to talk to him, I started to realize all of the different 
uh, avenues you can take for purchasing a business or transitioning over a business. There's you just writing them a check and the business is yours. There's an earnout where it's percentage based. Um, there's the terms that you're settling on. Maybe it's over five years and you're paying them a set amount per year. So I didn't realize that there were so many different ways that you could do it until I started to seek this advice and figure out um, and I presented the problem that the person I was buying the business had and how we could capitalize on that. Um, so really, that was kind of the advantage is that I went in there uh, thinking this is what I wanted and then after speaking with my uncle, it almost like he peeled back a layer of that onion and realized how much information is out there that I did, didn't know. Yeah, I think that's one of the good things about mentors is that they help open your eyes and give you new perspective on situations that you've never been a part of. And I think for you, you kind of touched on the stuff that he was able to open your eyes to. But when you first started, you had a vision of what it was going to be like. And this is what you thought it was going to be like. What was that like? And then when you transitioned to talking to your uncle, what did he open your eyes up to in that process? Yeah, the first vision that I had was, hey, I want to buy this business um, and it's going to be some sort of you know, work under this guy and take a percentage until he's out of the business. Um, after, so that was my original thought. Original. 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 I can't get that word right. Original thought. And then after speaking with my uncle, uh, he talked me through some things about, hey, maybe it's something where you want to pay him a salary and then he gets a percentage above that. Uh, maybe it's something where you want to just pay off the business in full and get a loan. And then we got into the talking about the loan and how a bank isn't going to finance that. But he really laid out the different avenues that I could take and pushed me in the direction of more of an earnout uh, rather than, you know, or more of a percentage base rather than some sort of earnout where it is a salary plus a percentage. Um, and that's what we ended up landing upon. So when you first started this process, this process was, I mean, I don't want to go into that because we're going to do an episode on that, but yeah. So he really helped you open your eyes to these new paths and avenues, which was obviously really beneficial for you. And do you think he was able to help achieve you or help you achieve the goals that you wanted to get that yeah. you didn't even realize were actually there? Yeah, I think he helped a ton there, and I think that uh, is goes with any mentor, uh, someone you're seeking specific advice from, and that's what the benefit of asking other people is. Um, and like Tyler said, we're not going to go too deep into the actual business negotiations and what he helped with because I think we're going to do a full episode on that. But uh, sticking on the side of finding that mentor, learning the benefits of what that mentor does, I think you need to also know when you need to seek this advice. That's something I was going through is that I had an idea. I was like, okay, I want to buy this business, um, but I need more advice. I need someone that has experience. I need someone that's done this before. So that is when I started to think, man, this is a great time that I need to seek advice. Tyler, what are some other areas that someone might realize, okay, maybe I need to go to outside counsel, they say in the lawyer world, but Maybe I need to ask around. And, is that what they say? Yeah. Well, I watch Suits, so they need outside counsel. Someone <laughs> it, from their own law firm. must be true then. Yeah. It must be true. But yeah, what are some other areas and when should you know when seeking advice is a good idea? So I think we should define 
the differences between finding someone specific versus a mentor because I think there should always be that one person or have some a few people that are there to help mentor you along the way um, for this specific scenario it seems like you're trying to get that targeted advice from specific person that has the experience so it, it, it obviously just arises when if you're going for that specific advice you're obviously going to have that specific scenario where you don't know your next moves or you are uncertain of the potential pathways that you could take. And then you have a lot of questions that you have arising. So I think that's the specific scenario. Whereas I think a mentor is pretty much key when you should always have one if you're trying to become like better because you're, there's, a, there's so much stuff that you don't know. And if you think that you know everything, like you're obviously just just full of yourself and you have an ego problem. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I know we did have a small commercial break in there, Tyler, but that's what we were talking about at the top of the topic, the difference between the two. It, was um, it? Yeah, that's okay. That was a long time ago. We could go back to it. That's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, I mean, it's great to have a, a mentor that can help you with all your general problems and keep you going in your business journey. But the specific problem solver is something when there are niche scenarios. So... Uh, a few areas that you look for something specific away from the general mentor that you have is if you're in unfamiliar territory. That was happening with me. I've never bought a business before, so you know I could go to some of the people that I ask mentorship-wise about general business. Um, you know, I, I talked to you, Tyler, not considering you a mentor, but a colleague, uh, some people in the video world that helped me with some video stuff. But I needed something, someone that has bought a business before and has went through the process. So if you're ever in unfamiliar territory, that's one way you could do it. Um, maybe if you have a big decision in your business, a big idea, and you think, hey, this is what I think I want to do but you also want to ha run it by someone that has had the experiences and made these big decisions before. That's maybe a time when you seek specific advice because um, your mentor might be like, yeah, I like your idea, it's good. But someone that's like, hey, have you ever done a branding change? You know, I, I wanna change my name from this to this. Finding someone that's actually done a branding change and learning from what they learned when they went through the process is gonna help a ton more than someone that's maybe a great business mentor, but they've never rebranded themselves. Do you not think that they can offer good advice? No, I think they could, but I think the person that's been through it and is specifically targeted for that scenario is going to offer better advice. That's fair. So what are your thoughts on going to someone that doesn't have the experience and asking them questions? What do you mean? Like asking me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, is that what you mean? I'm going to make you say yes. it. Um, yes. I think, I think it's good to, one, get a, a census from different parties. Um, obviously, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to weigh your advice and your thoughts on it differently than I'm going to weigh someone that's bought a business before. And that's no knock mm -hmm. to you. Um, mm -hmm. But you get a different perspective. Uh, so I do think it's good to go out there, ask people in different aspects of business, in different areas of business, and you might get some different information. Uh, and then just take that information that you have with a different level of effectiveness, I guess you could say. So basically taking it with a grain of salt because it's like, it's just good to get those different perspectives in there. Yeah. And the reason I didn't use grain of salt is because taking it with a grain of salt maybe alludes to your advice not being correct. 
Whereas I wouldn't say, you know, when I asked you about it, your advice, it's not incorrect. Um, You're giving me the knowledge that you have. Um, So taking it with just different level of effectiveness, I know I'm not going to get the same advice from you because you've never bought a business, but I know asking my Mm -hmm. uncle, I'm definitely going to get some actionable and tangible advice. But it's good seeing both sides of the argument. Not the argument, but both sides of the matter. And different insights and experiences because he's obviously have has the experience from buying other businesses, different stuff that has come up in that process. And he can walk you through some of that different, I don't know if he did or not, but that's some of the stuff that he can do. And he's looking at that from a very analytical perspective of, hey, this is how you buy businesses. This is how you run the reports. Whereas someone like you might give me more of an insight on how Matt is feeling when I present him with these portfolios and these briefs and everything. So that's where you can take... uh, it's a two-sided coin where, yeah, you get the super analytical expertise from John because he's bought businesses before, or I get the, hey, if I was Matt, this is how I would feel if you said it like that, or this is how I would feel if you gave me that number. So you get both um, both sides of the coin, which is nice, and that's why I think you should ask people. What was some of the best advice that or insights, takeaways that you received from your uncle during this discussion? And maybe what was some of the stuff that you noticed when you were talking with Matt, what was some of the stuff that came up from him that maybe surprised you, shocked you, or made you think like, oh, I didn't expect that? I think that's a conversation we can save for the actual... Oh my God, that's so tough. (laughs) That's all right. Right now, you know, I wanted this podcast because I kind of made an executive decision that this is what we're doing this week, but I wanted this (laughs) one to be about opening the door and realizing that Sometimes you really need to hone in and find a specific person over the general information you're getting. Um, so that's kind of what I'm going to focus on. We'll leave another teaser. Sorry, Tyler, I'm not going to answer your question. But I will lead you into another line of uh, conversation that maybe you'll have a different question about. I think another area when you need to seek this different advice is when things are growing too fast or they're you know, going bad really fast. Um, so in times like that, it's a lot harder to learn through your mistakes. I think in entrepreneurship, a lot of times you have a long time. If you start at 20 years old and you're like, I want to be successful by 35, you have 15 years to learn, um, through your failures, uh, and learn through these things at a slower pace. But if your business is at a rapid increase and a rapid growth, that's when you might need to figure things out quicker. uh, So it doesn't come crashing down. Or if your business is at a rapid decline, you might need to seek more specific advice faster. Otherwise, your business is literally going to be down to zero. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I think there's different seasons in business where you're going to have those winters. You're going to have those summers where your business isn't growing. Your business might be declining and then you got to figure out what to do. And you have those summers where it's skyrocketing up and you don't know what to do. It's like, I've never been here before. And then you either go to your mentor or you go to someone that is, I feel like a lot of these times your mentors are people that are ahead of you, mm-hmm. slightly ahead of you to maybe somewhere in the same range as you. And I think it just depends on where you want to be going at the same time. Cause it's like, if you don't, if you're happy where you are, you're probably not going to have someone that's like 10 X above you unless you just get really lucky and then you stumble into them and then you become good friends and then you start connecting with them, something like that. But I think for the most part, you're going to have those mentors that are ahead of you in business. And then it's like, I've you're maybe you're at like 1 million, then you got a mentor at 10, 10 million. 
And it's like, I'm growing at an exponential rate that I don't know what to do. And then you're able to go to that person to ask for that advice. But I, I don't know. I, I, I view this guy, your uncle, very similar to a mentor. And I know you said at the beginning that he's more specific. And I think he's a mix of both because you were able to get both mentorship and specific advice for the situation that you were in. Yeah, but I look at a mentor, I agree with you, I look at a mentor as someone that you, you call on more often, whereas I don't necessarily... So a friend. <laughs> yeah, but a friend in business, you know, that's slightly above you or at the same level, like you mentioned. Whereas I don't ask, uh, you know, when I'm going through business... He's a mentor. Well, yeah, I mean, if you want to get down to the nitty gritty, but he's, he's used more in the specific scenario than it is where I'm texting him on a weekly basis talking about business. At the same time, like mentors, you don't need to be talking daily, weekly. Like it could be just like a once a month type of thing or like doesn't matter how often you're ta- you're talking to them. I think, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're like getting right now, like too I, into the I nitty view, gritty of whether it's a mentor or not. I think it's a mentor and okay. I think you're a mentor and I'm insulted that you called me a colleague. <laughs> Well, I don't see myself, I don't see myself as like, I don't think we're mentors for each other. Um, but I think you're getting too hung up on it being a mentor or someone you're asking for specific advice. They can be both. And that's at the beginning of the show. I said they do overlap. Um, but let's talk about this person, whether you want to call it a mentor or someone specific. Um, uh, how do you choose that person? What is, what is the right person that you're looking for in this person? And the reason we're doing that is because we already did a mentor episode, so we didn't want to double up in the mentor episode. But now that Tyler's exposing us to all levels of I don't really know exposure. if we did, did do a mentor episode. I don't know. Maybe we did. But I think going back to your question, are they where you want to be? Or are they? do they have a life that you want to live? I think those are some of the questions that you'd want to ask. And if they aren't where you want to be or they don't have a life you want to live, I don't, I don't think they would be like good options for mentors or business seeking advice people that you call on every now and then that aren't mentors but they are actually mentors yeah and i think it's people you want to learn from people that have actually done it and that's my gripe sometimes Mm -hmm. with teachers like if a professor uh, goes in Mm -hmm. and they haven't actually like a business professor and they've never built a business it's hard to learn uh, business from a, a business professor that's never built a business Um, Whereas Mm -hmm. some people just think, oh, I'm going to keep going to the highest levels of school and then I'll just teach it. Um, So and that's what they say. Those that can't do teach. Um, So here we are (laughs) teaching you guys. um, That's why I teach Jim. Yeah, everything we know. (laughs) Um, So really, yeah, you want to look for someone that is experienced and that has done it and is where you want to be or was where you want to get to. Um, And I think that helps a ton. I think another thing is that you want to make sure that you have... This per, or that this person has your best interest in mind. Uh, I know a lot of times you might ask for some business advice and they're like, oh, they'll give you some advice, but you feel like there's some shady stuff going on or that maybe they might take mm-hmm. one of your ideas or they're not really giving you the best advice because they don't 100% want to see you succeed. Uh, maybe they're preying on your downfall a little bit. So I think those are the two biggest things is that make sure that, that person has your best interest in mind and make sure that person is where you want to be or was where you want to be. How do you differentiate or know if that person has your best interests in mind? I think after you start to build a relationship with someone, you can see the type of person you are, if they actually 
want you to succeed and if that they're look, giving you the best advice they can or if that person is you know they're giving you some advice but they're not giving you all of the advice um, they're maybe leaving some stuff out or they're hesitant to tell you certain things uh, I think you can definitely judge after you know them a little bit but if it is a stranger it's a lot harder to do so it seems like a stranger would be someone that is specific to what you're trying to say as seeking specific advice compared to a mentor. I Yeah, I would probably... Because you got really lucky that your uncle was this person that you went out to seek. And he obviously, I wouldn't say obviously, but there's a very good chance that he has your best interest in mind, being family, being your uncle. And I'm assuming you're fairly close. And I think if you are, like a lot of the times, if you are going to out to seek specific advice, you might have to pay for this. Yeah. And I'm not saying you, you wouldn't have to pay for it, but there is times when it's probably worth it um, to hire maybe sure. a consultant that's, you know, done business deals before. Um, definitely. And definitely if you're paying someone, they should have your best interest in mind. If you're not, that's a yeah. scumbag of a person. But I think it's easier if you are... They don't want your repeat business. <laughs> yeah. They're like, one time is fine with us. Um, <laughs> I think it's a lot easier if it's a specific uh, goal that you're trying to accomplish to trust that person with one goal. Whereas you get in the trust, it might be someone you know, or you might want someone that you know and that you have this relationship with to be your mentor if you're relying on them to give you a bunch of advice and that you're giving them a bunch of information about you and your business. Yeah, sounds like a mentor to me. I yeah. think the good thing about it... <laughs> you get you a fucking t-shirt that says mentor. <laughs> I think the good thing about a mentor is that it goes both ways. Like, you're learning at the same time. And I've honestly wanted to try and find, like, someone younger than me to so I could be that quote-unquote mentor because at the same time, it keeps me accountable to wanting to be better for myself and then at the same time being able to deliver better advice for that person and help them and i think it's fulfilling to be able to see that you're helping someone else grow and become a better individual and i think that's i i think the mentorship goes both ways where you have a mentor that's above you you have mentees and you're learning both ways you're learning from the mentor and you might also teach the mentor some things and goes vice versa and same thing with the mentee mentor thing i agree i think it's a two-way street uh you can kind of learn from each other i'm sure uh, my uncle felt great that he was teaching me my first business transaction and negotiations and walking me through everything um, and maybe he learned a little bit along the way as well uh, i think another big thing that when you're talking to these mentors or specific people that help you with specific problems is that you should really ask specifics this is one issue I ran into, which we'll talk about more in depth on the uh, negotiating episode and the business deal episode. But a lot of times my uncle would get into fairy tale land where he would talk about, uh, well, this is what you can do. And sometimes we've had a deal that this happened and then this happened, where I think it's really good if you can ask for specific advice on what you need. Like, what would you do? If you were in my shoes, uh, what would you do? Um, so asking specific questions is really going to help you get to the bottom and actually move the needle on that problem that you're facing or that situation you're in. I don't think you listen to Hermosi as much as I do. Nobody does. <laughs> I'm fairly confident. I'm fa yeah, I'm fairly confident that you don't. But I don't know if you do listen to him much to the point where you know who his, like one of his biggest mentors is, is 
his 85 year old self do you know that story yeah i've heard it before so the one thing that i'm thinking about with you and your uncle is you have to provide your uncle a lot of context you the only person that knows every single bit of context is yourself yeah so it's like when you're going to meet with your uncle, you have to be like, this is what X, Y, and Z, X, Y, and Z, and then this and that, and this and this. And then you have to provide all that context. So he knows where you're at. He knows all the information you have. So it, I think that's one thing that he talks about with like therapists and shit. It's like, why would I pay for a therapist? Because 90% of the conversation is me trying to provide context for that therapist so they can understand where I'm at. But the one person that understands you the most and knows all the context is yourself. So it's like... I don't know. I know it's tough to be able to ask for that specific advice where it's like, how do I go through a buyout or whatever it is when you've never actually done that and you're talking to like your 85 year old self and then it's like, well, it's the advice I would give you. And then it's like, you have the context, but that's just something that came on my mind. Yeah, but my 85 year old self still doesn't know the answer just because yeah, I'm older. Yeah, that's what I was just saying yeah. at the end there. And I don't know if I entirely agree with the therapist thing either. I think that, yeah, there might be a lot about giving people context, but I think they unlock, they ask questions to unlock things that you haven't thought about. Whereas that's the whole game is that these people, whether it's a therapist or whether it's a mentor, they are asking you questions with the context that you're giving them about situations or questions that you maybe never thought about. I know that happened a lot of times where my uncle said, you know, well, you know, I said, well, what if he comes back and says the business is worth $500,000? And he said, he just asked me the question. He said, well, how would you make that work? And I said, well, I couldn't. And he said, well, there you go. That would be your response to him. He said, you'd have to pay him all of the business's profit for the next five years. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I never really thought about that. Um, so that's, I think, the role of this mentor and, you know, a therapist is asking those questions and unlocking what you already know but you have to be, yeah, someone has to ask that question so you can figure out that you do know that. Because without that, you know, I would have never figured out that question. Unless I guess I sat and thought about it long and hard, but. Yeah. So, Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, but that's kind of what we're going to talk about. Uh, not a ton on this one this week. We just want to talk about mentors, I guess you could say. This is our mentor episode. Um, <laughs> If you're on Team Tyler. Um, but yeah, we'll go more in depth on uh, the actual deal and everything uh, on the negotiating a business deal episode, which is coming at some point. Uh, we have not agreed when. Uh, Tyler, anything else on mentors slash seeking business advice for a specific problem solver on a very niche situation? <laughs> I, not really. It just kind of seems like a mentor, but then at the same time, if you get really lucky and you have someone that knows that, you know, it's good to be able to go to them to ask for that advice. But at the same time, I think there are opportunities that you can go and pay for that specific service from someone that has been through that. If you don't know anyone specifically. Yeah. But I don't think you necessarily need to pay for all of it. Cause I'm thinking, you know, and then maybe this is my rebuttal. My final closing arguments against mentor versus this person is, Maybe, you know, you don't have a family member that's bought a business before and is in this situation, but you follow someone online, um, maybe they're a town over from you and they've bought a business before. Maybe you send them a message and say, hey, uh, I know you've bought a business before. I'm kind of going through the same scenario. Is there any way that I could 
sit down with you for an hour and just talk about the process. And maybe that's the only one hour meeting you ever have with this person and you never yeah. have any more uh, interaction from them. So that's where I'd see yeah. it is that's less of a mentor just because you're sitting down asking yeah. them questions. Uh, and that's a I would agree with that. specific problem solver. It took me the whole episode to get to my rebuttal. There you but go. We you got finally there. got it. We, we finally got, got it. That's I, I would agree that 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 that's not really a mentor. That's just someone that you're seeking business advice from. See, it was the fact that it was my uncle that was really throwing you off that it was a mentor. I still think it's he's a mentor. <laughs> yeah. Well, he might be, and that's there's some overlap, but uh, we're not talking about hey, Lots everyone go talk to Easton's uncle. Um, we're not talking about that. So uh, he offers free business advice on yeah, acquisition. He does not. Mergers. He does not. He charges a lot for it. Um, all right, let's go into this week's news story. Uh, some big tech layoffs going on in the world right now. Uh, the, the quote we have here, the recent cutbacks in tech also are due to the rise of artificial intelligence and the persistence of high interest rates, some analysis said, foretelling similar risks. Analysts. Analysts. Analysis. Whatever. Foretelling <laughs> similar risks for workers across major swaths of the economy. What do you think about Swats. this, Tyler? Are you, are you fearful that um, the jobs are in doom, that everything is going to crumble? I think there is a side of it to be fearful, especially being in the, is it white collar? White collar work mm-hmm. where AI, everyone always thought that AI was going to take over the blue collar workers. And then all of a sudden here, they, here it is taking over the white collar workers. And it's funny, the people that create the AI is the people that the AI is taking the jobs from. So it's yeah. kind of ironic. Um, a lot of the stuff that we talk about at work is that you need to become proficient with AI because if you don't use it, you're going to get left behind because other people are, are going to use it and they're just going to be that much quicker, that much faster, that more, that, that much more efficient at it. So it's like, you got to be able to know how to use it and understand it. It's kind of like maybe the internet would be a good example. Cause it's like, yeah. if you, you don't know how to use the internet, it's going to be tough for you to compete. You're going to fall behind quickly. Yeah, very quickly. And then the, the way and how fast AI creates itself and like advances forward, it's probably like the amount of time, like everything's just progressing because of AI. It's like pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I think you're in a little bit of a different industry, but what do you think? Yeah, I do think it's definitely coming for those white collar jobs, like you said, but I also think it's coming for the positions that are tedious. Um, you know, there's, there's some things that AI definitely speeds up, like, you know, script writing, not saying it's going to write the perfect script for you, but it can get it, uh, pretty close for you to tweak. Um, you know, idea generation that takes a long time. Brainstorming used to take a lot of time. And now that's one of the biggest things that I use it for is that it goes a lot quicker now. Um, so I think some of those tedious tasks, it's definitely going to take out. Um, and it's funny how you said the white collar ones are going first. It seems like, like you said, the people that created it are losing their jobs quicker. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, you know, construction workers are going to be the last people to lose their jobs because of AI. It's tough for AI to replace construction workers. And it's like funny, you're creating like your own time bomb. It's like, I'm going to create this AI machine that's going to take my job. It's like, yeah, it kind of seems ironic at that point but it seems like so many people seems like there's a lot of startups coming up that are all ai they're like ai this ai that ai image generator ai i don't know whatever what else there is but there's a whole bunch of ai startups coming up i had a meeting this morning with an ai called fathom have you heard of it 
I have not. So Fathom basically is you start it before you hop in a Zoom call for whatever the meeting is. Uh, and then in the Zoom call, it just says, uh, you know, Tyler's AI Notion bot. That's the name of the person in the call. There's no camera, no nothing. And it basically records the call and generates a script and an outline and a summary of everything that was in the call. It generates action steps. And I was looking at the guy who was showing it to me after. I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's kind of cool to, to cover all the notes. Um, so even that, like when you're taking notes during uh, a client meeting or something like that, if this tool can replace you having to note take or can at least supplement having to note take, that's kind of a, ugh, that's kind of a game changer. Yeah, there's already products out there that are, I don't know how new this is, but there's already products out there. That, there's one called Firefly. It does exactly that where it transcribes it, takes out, like, it's like, I want to find this one part where Easton and Tyler talked about mentorship, but it wasn't actually mentorship. And yeah. it'll be like, <laughs> it'll find it for you. So yeah, there, I guess there's, there's probably a lot of other ones that are out there that do that exact same thing. But the one I know of is called Firefly. Yeah. And I don't, I'm sure the technology is new to us in the last five, 10 years. Um, but yeah, it's crazy to see what it'll get to at some point. Uh, and that was kind of my first look at it. So interesting. I'm interested to see uh, how this AI takes all of these jobs moving forward. But yeah, uh, I'm interested to see. Do you think that a lot of, because so a lot of these articles, when we were browsing through, there was a, quite a few other ones like Macy's and Wayfair laying people off and Macy's closing locations and Macy's has massive buildings that are, <laughs> it's going to be tough to fill that because I don't know if you, you've ever been in a Macy's, but those buildings are pretty, pretty big. Do you think yeah. there's any potential opportunities for these buildings? Because like what's going to be there? Is it just going to be an empty, massive brick building that's attached to a mall that I mean, Macy's probably generates a lot of foot traffic. So what do you, what do you see? Yeah. I mean, Macy's is just a retail store, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I see it as either you fill it with a different retail store or you break it up into parts and, you know, build some walls and have a bunch of different retail stores. Um, I, yeah. I don't see it any differently than Macy's, you know, if Kohl's and Minot, uh, when under cash right like but what the are difference would be I, I feel like macy's is typically attached to a mall so macy's generates a lot of foot traffic yeah. and like there's also the, they also receive the other foot traffic from the other stores that are in the mall so it's just interesting like what are you going to replace it with like is Something that a, similar like but would that business not go under or what's going to be different from that scenario why did macy's close just because of the didn't really see it, but I just know that they closed five locations. They had layoffs, and they lit, Wayfair also laid people off, which was surprising because we both yeah. thought it was only online. I think it's yeah. I think it's just brick and mortar stores. Um, they're becoming less popular, which is why locations close. Um, but yeah, I mean that would be my guess. But that's going to happen with which any is brick and mortar business. Because Andy talks a lot about this, where he's saying brick and mortar is becoming more and more popular because people want to get out and actually see individuals and people because they're tired of spending all their time inside and spending time over zoom and not getting out. So Andy's Andy thinks the opposite. Yeah, I think it goes, but I don't think it's black or white. I think businesses are closing because of that. Um, but businesses are also staying open because of the same reason. Depends on the, what is it? The customer experience. 
Yes, exactly. I think Macy's is way too big. Those stores are fucking massive. They don't need to be that big. <laughs> Um, all right, let's uh, wrap this up, Tyler. I got to get going here. Business idea this week: virtual podcast case. So I'm traveling right now, obviously different background, um, and it would be cool if there was like a Pelican sort of case where the second you pull up the lid, the camera is attached to the actual case. There's a screen to the left of it to have your call on there, um, and then maybe there's a little thing that pulls out of the lid. That's your light, and then a microphone that just extends out of there. I th- I would buy one instantly. Instantly, eh? Yeah. What would you pay for that? $700. So you're not getting a good camera and good mic and good light? Um, I think I think if you can dumb it down into a small enough package, and I don't think it's like a full-time thing where it's like, I'm going to shoot every podcast on this. But I'd love to take it. Like when I go to Bismarck, I just pop it up. Boom, I'm good to go. Virtual podcast. Or if you know there's, let's say, a CEO of a company has got to do something where he's uh, traveling, he's like, ah, oh, shit, I'm in, you know, Toronto, and I got to do this quick call at CNBC. You flip it open, good to go. Mm. So it's funny you say this because I'm pretty sure you said something very similar to this to a business idea in the past, but it seems like you've adjusted it a little bit. What was the other business idea? I guess I don't even remember. Basically the same thing, but it wasn't really like a pop-up where you fold it open and then boom, you're ready to go. It was more so... One was, stand, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was kind of like one, it's all together and then maybe you got to set it up or whatever, but now you've kind of adjusted it to oh, yeah. flip it open and you're all set. This is number two. We're condensing it. We're making it better. <laughs> uh, and that's where we're at. So yeah, I mean, that's, I'd love to have that. Because right now... of business ideas, we just go back and look at previous yeah. ones and it, Fine iterate tune on them. it. Yeah. Because yeah. right now I'm, it's just sitting on a case, a Pelican case, the camera. And then to the left is my phone leaning up against the coffee mug. That's the look. And I'm like, mm-hmm. if we could just make this not look ugly, this would be great. <laughs> so be completely different. That's what I got. Tyler, anything else? No. Check your mentors. Check Get your mentors. Mentor. Get your mentors. Uh, stay tuned for next week's episode. That is episode 72 of The Midnight Entrepreneur. If you have any questions you'd like us to cover or answer, email us at themidnightentrepreneur at gmail.com. And if you found value in this content or found this entertaining, Share this with a friend or your family or your sister or your dog if your dog has a phone uh, and post it on your story. If you really enjoy the show, we'd love a rating or review wherever you are listening. Talk to you guys next week for another episode of The Midnight Entrepreneur. I'm just looking through some. Mentoring is a brain to pick, an ear to listen, and a push in the right direction. John Crosby. John Crosby.